Welcome back to Don't Call It A Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dave. We have finished The Black Prism today. Big day. Done with a book. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. And everything's going to be fair game, as usual. I I want to give... I want to talk about something just really quickly first. It's okay. unrelated. Okay, sure. And this isn't, a, this isn't a hot take or a rant or anything. This is more of like a suggestion. Hmm. And here, here it is. Okay. When was the last time you saw Napoleon Dynamite, the movie? <laughs> uh, maybe. Be- okay, for me, like I watched it, I think, when it came out, uh-huh. which is when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11 years old. Okay, yeah. And I remember thinking that it was very funny, but I didn't really want to watch it again, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I watched it uh, a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. And granted, I wasn't like 100% sober. However, I was expecting it to be like really dumb and like stupid, uh-huh. but still kind of funny. It is phenomenal. <laughs> it's an incredible movie. I loved it. <laughs> you're saying it holds up. I think it holds up. I think if you're, if you're like me and watched it as a kid and haven't seen it since... I give it another shot because it's great. Interesting. I would be curious if I would agree with that as a sober person, but I just i I think that I think that it's great. I think that it holds up. Uh, give it a shot. Tell me what you think this when is, you watch it because I'm not sure. This is such a risky watch. I just want to make like a a little aside to you. This is such a risky watch. Because if you had fond memories of it, those can disappear immediately. Because I recently tried to rewatch Ace Ventura Pet Detective, the movie with Jim Carrey, where he saves the Dolphins football team mascot. Mm-hmm. Doesn't hold up, guys. Okay. That and doesn't surprise me, to be honest. I, I couldn't even get through a large part of it. Uh, and I thought I'd at least be able to watch the movie. So that one's just gone for me now. Okay. I think this is what I want, actually. I want, give me a 3,000 word think piece in the Atlantic about Napoleon Dynamite and how it has, how it holds up and how it has influenced our culture. That's, that's all I want. That's what I want to read. I think that sounds great. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. Uh, if Maybe you go longer, give me the New Yorker. Give me a New Yorker style article. Have some little cartoons in the in the margins. Yeah, man, that'd be nice. Actually, I'd love that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. give it a shot. What I'd love more than that, though, know. is if you have any of this media that you remember from a child from your childhood that holds up today really well, or is even better today than it was when you saw it a while ago let us know tweet mm-hmm. at us put on the subreddit what's something that stands up to the test of time what's something that gets better with the age hit us with one of those i would love to if someone tells me spy kids three holds up i'm gonna lose my mind because that sounds incredible <laughs> dude i haven't um, watched spy kids in a grip <laughs> okay
uh speaking of the subreddit everyone give give us uh, give us uh some comments on the subreddit uh we've got a couple luke's uh, desperate to talk give us today. the comments <laughs> what i hear i i can see more people listening that are commenting okay <laughs> luke's about to have a panic attack for how few people are, are messaging the subreddit right now i would lo- i would love to see people's thoughts and suggestions on what we should talk about um for now, uh, the main the main takeaway from today from the past comments are uh, a, a correction, a high profile correction here. Uh, Tordoniki who tells us that it is it is a pyramid of heads sealed in lux and not skulls. Um, uh, uh, I'll just say, Tordon, the skulls are in there. Okay, they didn't <laughs> de-skull the heads. This guy, Dan is Dan is standing by his reporting. Um, okay, let's let's talk about the book that we have read. Big moves. This section of the book, a lot of a lot of failures actually, some successes, and then failures, and then big failures. But this might be a small point. The the dinner between all of the old drafters, people who fought against each other in the war and were these legendary heroes. Amidst all of this, like, death and chaos and stuff, this sounded incredible. This was like, to me, this was like the nicest moment of uh, the entire book so far. Even though it was like, sure, there was some tension and Gavin was like a little bit nervous about the whole ordeal. It just seemed so pleasant. I don't have a lot to say about it. Okay. I I mean, I agree with you. I think that's true. And I I think that this is a worthwhile note to to bring up because a lot of this section is not pleasant. Yeah, it's... We get... We get a little break here, a lovely, a lovely evening with some old friends and, and enemies, I guess. Uh, no, it was nice. I agree with you. It's really... I don't remember. You see, usually in this circumstance, we bring up like food examples. I don't quite remember if we get some good food going on. But overall, I think the atmosphere was really lovely. Yeah, the atmosphere was nice. It. I'm like kind of a sucker for two sides that fought against each other to like see their common humanity and come together way later in life when they're like hey we're all gonna die of old age at some point so i guess we could just be cool now and i liked that i liked that moment here Mm -hmm. i will say though everybody knows that the prism kills you when you get freed right it's this is not a secret it's just it's just kind of taboo to talk about that's got to be at least a little awkward for some of them right uh okay the the hard part about this is that we're looking at it right from our from our world Mm -hmm. yeah so maybe in their world it's not awkward because this has been like what they know is going to happen for the past 50 years or however long I get I get that part of it where this is just like part of their culture. 
But there's also a good contingent of them that supported another guy to to be the one to stab and murder them at the end of their lives. There is a good contingent that's like, I really wanted that Dazen guy to be the one. And now I'm sitting here and, and this guy who I fought against and I like hated in the war is going to be the one to do it to me. I... I get that there's like a little bit of a religious component to it, but already if you're like willing to support another dude as your your pope, you're like fighting pope. It seems like you're not super bought into the whole like they're the one thing anyway, right? Right. So there've got to be a few people at that table who are looking at Gavin and being like, oh, I hate this guy. I hate this guy, and he's going to stab me. I don't want him to. Yeah, I mean, maybe... Okay, but... Here's the thing, and this is going to be... This is going to bring me to our... To my next point, which is also a larger thing that we've been talking about. They were supporting Dazen in the war, right? Mm -hmm. Probably for... I don't, I, we don't know the reasons necessarily, right? But it seems like Gavin, our, the, the person that we see as Gavin, yes, has been doing pretty good things, kind of, hard to say. So maybe they've come around to him and are like, that was just a thing back in the day. Now, this guy's, our, this guy's okay. That was just a phase. Turns out the economy is booming right now. It's all about the stock market. And Gavin's the one to do it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like, in their youth, they were idealistic, but now they've realized it's not so bad when the other guy has won. Yeah. I think that this is a reasonable point. My only qualm is that it sounds like Dazen, who is now Gavin, ran on a very interesting and unique platform that we're starting to hear a little bit about, like in bits and pieces. And one of them comes from Lord Omnichrome, who essentially says, hey, Dazen was trying to change all this stuff. So what if some of those people, Dazen was like, and hey, when I'm prism, it's going to be a, a whole new deal. Now, no one's going to get stabbed a... under my watch. <laughs> you could be a color white if you want to. And now yeah, that one's tough to say. And now there's people sitting at a table who are like, oh, I really wish Dazen would have won because uh, right now I'm in a tough spot. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, the the thing that I was thinking of during this scene is I feel like there's been this buildup without like, you know, they've talked about the freeing, but we we didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah. Right? I mean, part of that was like, because they don't really talk about it. Um, I think that it was pretty safe to assume that they were just going to die, right? Mm -hmm. Like. But was I the only one that was a little disappointed that it was just like a stab to the heart? I was looking for more of like a magical mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. 
I was also looking for a much more magical thing. At least have some like interesting ritual where you draft a dagger and like it's got a whole bunch of different colors in it and looks cool. He just pulls out his pocket knife. There's no like, it's not like the ceremonial blade. Right. It's just a knife that he carries with him and stabs him and kills him real quick. Uh, I didn't love that either. <laughs> it seems like, and this might be the plot for future books, this dagger that we see at the end. Mm-hmm. It seems like this is the one that should be used for the freeing. In that you don't have to kill them, you can just drain them of their like ability to use color. This is an outstanding idea. The problem that I'll throw out right away with it, though, is it seems like the dagger absorbs the ability and it might have like a limit. So because we see mm-hmm. Kip has it at the end and it has one of the stones is blue and the rest are clear diamonds. And when he originally mm-hmm. got it, it wasn't that way. And now Gavin, who was Dazen, can't draft blue. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm dying. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, Kip, show him the sword. <laughs> Regardless. Yeah. We're going to get to that later. But there might be a limit with this sword thing. Like there might be, or this okay, dagger. Yeah, yeah. Here's an alternative. I've been saying this since day one. I've been saying this <laughs> since day one. You can't draft what you can't see. <laughs> They're all blind. Yeah. But come up here. Okay. Come up with a potion. Come up with a potion. And you drink the magical potion and it puts a whole bunch of glass in your eyeballs and they fall out and you can't see anymore. I, yeah. I mean. It's unacceptable. I I okay maybe maybe this is uh maybe this is Lord Omnichrome's platform. <laughs> no, I think this I think this is a good point. I'm actually curious now because we've brought it up and I don't know anything wrong with it. If anyone has any thoughts on why why poking the eyes out would not be equal to the freeing, let us know because I'm curious we're, if there's any if there's any drawbacks. We're losing so much talent. In every generation, we're losing all of this knowledge that could be passed on. They could be teachers. We're losing all of this like military strategy. We're losing all this combat ability. Just because everybody wants to have little eyeballs in their heads? Give them up. Give them up! It's absurd. It is absurd. Yeah. It could be it could be a holy thing. You know? I could see it. Yeah, it's... give give them up, put them in a jar and and put them in strategic places around your church. You could make little stain little stained glass windows out of the cool colors of your irises. Yeah. Oh, there's an idea. Wow, that only took me 2 seconds. I literally just thought of it. <laughs> Okay, I let me move us on to to the topic that I hinted at a, a couple minutes ago. Okay, and that's that we have spent some time trying to figure out who's the good guy. 
oh yeah we're gonna talk about this today. and in this section we like kind of get our answer i think right like yes i okay i'll say we definitely know who the bad guy is like no question gavin is okay old gavin new days bad guy terrible guy piece of shit mm-hmm. i think we we definitely get that answer are we are we saying that current gavin is a good guy though probably i mean good no probably not i guess it depends like compared to who <laughs> anyone else in this world like actually maybe because everyone in this world kind of sucks Coravin. Okay, Corvin's great. Okay. Okay, that's the scale. It's for the scale is like original Gavin to Corvin Danavis. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I th- And I think that original Dazen, who is now Gavin, is closer to Danavis than original Gavin. Okay. Yes. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you definitely. I will say we are relying on him as the narrator to prove our point, though. Because his mom is like, hey, why are you so bummed out, honey? Right before you're about to stab and kill me. And he's like, I didn't mean to kill all those people that one time. And she's like, don't worry about it, dog. It's okay. And that's like the only info we get about it. And the thing I'm talking about is when he burns down the White Oak household and he tells his mom it was sort of an accident. Like he drafted a lot of sub red and it just kind of blasted out and he didn't have time to think about it. That's the only redeeming story we've heard about this. Everybody else is like, yeah, he locked up all of Karis's family and burned them alive. So I'm not super surprised he's telling a different story. Wait, okay, so are you are you calling into question his recollection of events? Or are you just saying that it's not that much better? I'm not calling into question his recollection. I'm calling into question his telling of the past events. Like, he could be lying to his mom. Okay. What? You, you you always go go hard on the unreliable narrator. Well, he's lied about who he is. Like, this is a person who is pretending to be someone else and lying to, like, everybody. Sure, I get it that he is, like, his mom is his confidant. He still didn't tell his mom that Gavin, the old Gavin, is still alive. Uh, <laughs> maybe this would have been a good opportunity to be like, hey, before you kill yourself, you should know... Your other son isn't dead. And he doesn't do that. Yeah. So he's looking he's obviously looking out for his own skin here. Because that when he says that, there's a chance his mom is like, uh, hold up, what? I'm not doing this right now. I'm out. And okay. he I, he I murders that other guy, right? He doesn't free the simple guy. He's like, he murders him because his secret's gonna get out. Right. I okay. I I see what I get your point. I don't think that he's lying about what happened in this circumstance. Um, but I I I agree with you that we should be skeptical. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, always be skeptical. <laughs> but in, the, in this case, I'm choosing to believe. Okay. And uh, the thing is, though, that I thought you were going was where he's like, yeah, and then I like got super mad and like didn't help anyone out while the house was burning down. So they all died. And his mom's like, that's fine. You were getting ambushed, which like, I think in our world, it's like, oh, that's not fine. <laughs> but in this world where they like are terrible, are all terrible people and like don't care about servants and slaves. They're, they're like, who cares about that? Which, which I'm saying is problematic. <laughs> but in this world, I don't think that Dazen is the bad guy here. Original Dazen. Original Dazen. OG Dazen. I agree. I agree. And I think, too, when old Gavin, current Dazen, is, like, breaking out of his prison cell, I was very much like, no, 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 no. You should definitely stay in there. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, tells me what my heart says about who is the one that I want to be the current prism. Right, like right, right. It's like it's like when you flip a coin, and depending on how you feel and where it lands, it gives you your decision. Exactly. This is exactly right. And so I was incredibly relieved when the the prison boy is still in prison. Incredibly relieved at that. Incredibly, incredibly relieved. Um, so I do think we get we get a good answer about this. There's there's still yeah. opportunities though, Luke. The story goes on. We're not going to talk about anything in the future. The, people can change, so <laughs> that's true. Maybe maybe one of his next like one of his seven goals is like really bad. Could the, be the fact that he he's not telling Danavis what the goal is. It, it worries me a little bit, right? I I think I'm pretty sure that the goal is to like. I feel like him and Lord Omnicrom have the same goal. Is this... Ooh. Ooh. You mean... Because he's, like, complaining about how the freeing is, like, fake and he's lying to everyone. Uh Uh-huh. I feel like his final goal is actually pretty close to this. Do you think... Just in in a less destructive way, maybe. You think he's just going to start blinding people like I've been suggesting for this entire book? (laughs) (laughs) Because, because, Because clearly we can't do color whites like clearly there is a problem with a lot of color whites it's just like maybe some of them are able to control it but like a large number of them have a have a big issue Mm -hmm. so yeah maybe it's maybe it's the blinding move i i think you're right though i think lord omnichrome and current prism gavin have a similar goal about this freeing and like what happens with drafters. I think you're very right on this, but I just don't really know how you make it happen. You know? Yeah. Got to, got to push through that legislation. Um, can we, okay. I want to talk about Lord Omnichrome for a second. Yeah, let's do it. And what I want to say is that the intro, like our introduction to him is through Karis. Mm-hmm. And Karis goes up and meets him and recognizes him that it's her brother, which is like a huge moment for her. But th- 
I will say this, and it's something similar to what I said about the first plot twist of like learning that Gavin and Dazen are switched. And that's that I don't know who this guy is in the beginning. So the plot twist doesn't like land super hard on me. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. Oh, it was a guy. I don't know who that is. Which I'm sure will play like a large role in future books. But at first, honestly, when this first happened, I made the theory last episode that the third Guile brother was still alive. I was like getting ready to celebrate being the smartest person alive. And then they were like, oh, no, it's this other guy. Yeah, honestly, when I when I got there, I was also like, oh, if Luke gets this one right, I'm going to be so pissed. Uh I agree with you. The I feel like the plot twist was more shocking for the character of Karis than for us. Mm-hmm. Like I imagine Karis was like, "What? This is crazy. Are you guys seeing this right now?" And everybody else is like, "I don't really even know who this guy is." So, <laughs> I get that you're really into this right now, but you can't expect all of us to also be as hyped about it. Exactly. And then but the other thing is though that we don't hear anything about it for the rest of the book. Except that apparently he tried to, like, murder Dazen as a kid. Yeah. And then Dazen torched the place. And that was, like, kind of it. I think it's... I'm I'm assuming it's a lot of setup for, like, future conflicts. Yeah, it's got to be set up for future stuff. And I imagine, like, it's going to be important that he knows everybody, right? Like, it's important he knows the names and what everybody looks like. Because then he can kind of like be one of the movers and shakers. But um, yeah, I it wasn't a great, a great twist for me. I actually thought the twist with the brothers was like much better because at least we had some like perspective from the other one. So we like knew who mm-hmm. that one was at that point. I want to say, though, I feel like my theory is still on the table about current prism playing as both Dazen and gavin your your fight club theory my fight club theory because the plan that lord omnichrome executes seems pretty like high level he seems to be playing the long game now he might have come up with that plan on his own sure but the guiles are like born planners and so, like, I feel like it's got some, it potentially has some guile stank on it of, like, a long-term the, plan. The thing that I hate about this is that we just got done saying that their ultimate goals might be really similar, uh-huh. which lends too much too much support towards your, towards your theory. That was about to be and my I don't next like point, actually is they seem to be going in the same direction. And, like, Lord Omnichrome has invoked Dazen's name a lot. So, there's there's some possibilities here, is all I'm saying. I'm, I think my theory is still on the table, and we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> still, yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm feeling a little bit better about it. Uh, I think you're... It's it's definitely still alive. Definitely still alive. Speaking of definitely still alive, 
your boy's gonna throw out another half court shot and we're not gonna be able to confirm this for a little while but it feels good to me okay karis's kid karis's kid is this kid that tried to kill gavin right Ooh. do you have any evidence for that uh the only evidence i have is that they seem to be an important character they're young they seem to be about kip's age which would maybe actually they're a little younger than Kip is what I remember it being. And that like about lines up with the timeline. I probably should have gone back and read the description of this kid. Don't quite remember. Cause there's a lot of talk about like different regions, like looking different mm-hmm. ways. And I can't quite remember if this kid looked the part, but the other reason is this kid can clearly draft several different colors and it seems like there is a genetic component to drafting ability and the only reason i'm saying that is because kip is like a super powerful drafter and he was born of one of the prisms so that to me makes it makes it feel like they can like pass down their ability and the the kid who tries to kill the prism with the knife is able to draft red and i think he drafts green at one point but okay he's like capable of drafting a lot of different colors he's okay i i don't remember details enough about this kid Mm -hmm. um i will say that i think it's clearly set up for karis's kid to like be involved in in, in I, there's got to be that reveal somewhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because like the mystery behind this is like too much to not just to just like go away just be like yeah i had a kid i gave him up for adoption and they're happy living on a beet farm off in the blood forest <laughs> i check in on him every now and then and he's doing great um, he's got a no dog. i agree with you i think i think that there's there's gonna be some some connection there that we're gonna see later and maybe that's it who's to say it feels pretty good to me honestly maybe it's kip (laughs) maybe it's kip yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah maybe it's kip that's a great Ooh, what if kip is this kid what if there's a little fight club action happening (laughs) get out of here with the with the fight club references uh god (laughs) <laughs> but we do love the little the little nemesis action that's going on between Kip and this kid. And <laughs> if they turn out to also be stepbrothers, that's like such a great Ooh. little bonus to their nemesisness. <laughs> so <laughs> so we like that angle, but not a lot of we hard can. evidence on that. I'm just making that call right now. An early called shot. I like it. Um, okay, I have a hot take here okay um i don't i don't love this wall this is this i'm with you dude (laughs) okay i don't this might not be a hot take though because they in the care the book characters are like all about it i think maybe during like wartime it's kind of scary if i'm living in this city where like in general I'm not under siege 
for 99.9% of my life. And I'm walking by this terrifying wall every day? No. I don't want this. This is like this is like the house in your neighborhood that goes off for Halloween and for like the week ahead of time it's cool and for Halloween it's awesome the kids love it it's really effective but then they don't take down their Halloween decorations until July 3rd and you're like guy I don't want to see skeletons and monsters coming out of the ground every time I walk by your house like I don't want to set off a motion detector ghost that jumps out at me when I'm walking the dog Right. Halloween like, was spring. I'm cultivating my flowers. <laughs> You've got trash bag ghosts floating around your front yard. I get it. It was important to have those on Halloween and my kids appreciated it. But now take that stuff down. It's not we don't need it anymore. Get it out of here. Yeah, I think I think that Gavin is praising this right now. I think that it's not going to always go over super well. Mm -mm. No. I, perhaps the drafters that made this stuff made it to where it would disappear after like a month. Or, ooh. Or maybe it's like, maybe it's like changes with the seasons. Okay, this is incredible, actually. This is actually, this is way better. And I think this is what it would be. Okay, maybe there's like there's like a little input, right? You put in your little videotape. Here's my siege videotape. It's got spiders and it's scary as hell. Here's my spring festival summer or my yeah, my spring festival tape and it's just lovely. It's got bunnies hopping around. It's got a beach scene. There's some people playing volleyball. <laughs> I'm choosing to believe that. I'm choosing to believe our artist guy had that foresight in mind. This is actually incredible, and this elevates it to, like, near sci-fi levels of cool futurism because <laughs> you've got, like, holograms in your wall, right? And that's actually very cool. Like, that's a tourist attraction. And I don't even care if all the holograms are advertisements for ice cream sandwiches. Like, I'm still going to go, and I'll probably buy an ice cream sandwich too, but, like, it's incredible. It's, it's like Times Square. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. I, I do think, okay, this is all reliant on it changing, right? Because if it's a spider gruesomely murdering people for 500 years, no thank you. That sounds terrible. But if you can tweak that guy, that spider is now a little puppy playing with a child, I'm here for it. Maybe, maybe in the summer, you get all the kids out on the lawn and you show the Lego movie up on the wall. Great. Incredible technology. Gavin, thank you for this. Yeah. The other problem with this wall, and I, and I could be a little off here in my knowledge about how drafting works. All of the Luxon has a different color. Sorry. Obviously, it has a different color. All of the Luxon has a different scent. When you draft yellow, it smells like eucalyptus and mint. 
that sounds lovely for about 10 minutes. But if I'm on top of the wall for a shift, I'm up there for like maybe six hours at a time. My sinuses are empty at this point and I'm, it's just burning my nose. It hurts. Now, maybe I've got a cold and I ask for a wall shift. Seems nice, but it seems like we're no we're no longer taking the average case into into effect here. We're no longer into account. We're no longer taking the normal everyday use case into account when we're drafting this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I I will say I don't know if the smell is always there. I feel like the smell is there when it like maybe is first formed and then maybe degrades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you think it just smelled like super strongly as he was building the wall? Oh, I had to have. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel better about this because nobody comments about how the towers in the Chromaria like stank in a specific way. Right. Yeah. So I, I feel okay about that. But when he was drafting him, people from like, miles around have to be like do you smell that it smells like mint the the last thing i want to say about this wall real quick is i feel like it perfectly encapsulates the problem with current gavin as the prism because current gavin as the prism wants to like leave a legacy and be like remembered in a good way and um essentially like doesn't want to take on the baggage of old gavin and we see this in the like things that he does to change when he takes on the mantle of the prism like karis talks about how he's like a better man when he comes back and he he doesn't really like he doesn't want to lie to Karis about the fact that Kip is his son. Like he's hesitant to do that. And it's like, dude, you you have to say that. You can't. You have to take on the bad shit that Gavin did. But current Gavin wants to leave a different legacy. And part of that is with this wall because you only need the wall to last like a month. You don't need to make it perfect he's like dunking on his brother because he's like if my brother did this he's not a super chromat it wouldn't last for very long but because i can do it perfectly it's gonna last for a thousand years you don't need it to last a thousand years Dazen. you need it to last like a month max and then like no worries because because we see the problem with it right now the problem with building an impenetrable wall is that if you lose and get kicked out, they have it now. <laughs> now you have to, in every briefing that your soldiers get when they go to fight at Garrison, you have to be like, now when you get up to the wall, a spider is going to jump out at you and it's going to be really scary. Don't worry about it. Okay? Don't stress the spider. It's fake keep running but if this whole thing disappeared in like a month you'd just be like okay 
we're going to just wait a little bit. We'll head over. Yeah, you. it would have been great even even if he wants to make it perfect. Give yourself a little like we give yourself a little weak spot. Right? You you knock 3 times on this section and it all disappears. I don't I don't I don't know the details of the magic enough to know what you can do here, but I think you do something along these lines. Absolutely. You absolutely have to, right? But but that's not in the current prism's nature, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that is that is not who the prism is, and they're they're a little bit too occupied with this like seven purposes, leaving a cool legacy thing, and less occupied with the practical. Hey, what do I got to do right mm-hmm. today? He's, he's trying too hard, basically. He's trying too hard. Or his real secret top plan is to have an old fight club action go on and he's actually dazing and wants the town to go to the Lord Omnicrome guy. So, ooh, ooh. Because now this is going to be incredibly hard for anybody to recapture. So, <laughs> pretty complicated plan we've got going on. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of steps here, a lot of steps. But it's good, it's working out well. Um, we talked about it last episode, but I want to just bring it up again. Kip is just trying to save everyone. <laughs> and it's like, come on, buddy. I I get that it works at the end with Gavin, but like, I, I got a little... <laughs> Got a little frustrating. Uh, just like in, it, I don't know. Let's list them Be all. Normal. <laughs> in in this section alone, Kip tries to save Karis a lot, a lot, a lot of saving Karis. Uh, doesn't like really do much in that regard. Uh, I feel like in doing that, completely abandons Liv who's this woman who he's like apparently in love with but he's like ooh I'm more I'm more into those milf those milf babes no, no I think I think Kip Kip is a proximity saver right he <laughs> wants to save the hot woman closest to him and he forgets about all the other ones this has been the story of this book, actually, now that you mention this. <laughs> At the very beginning, with I don't what whatever her name was. Forget Liv. Liv didn't exist then. It was just about this woman. And he was like, I gotta save her. And he drafts, you know, for the very first time he drafts something to help her out. And then, you know, she still dies, but he tried. And then now with Liv, when they're in the tower, he's like, Oh, I gotta save Liv. And then with Karis, when Karis is captured, and it's like, buddy, this is not a healthy way to go through your life. <laughs> he'll, he'll figure it out, though. I don't. One day. I hope so. God, I really hope so. Speaking of, speaking of Liv in this final scene, how did we feel about this Dark Pelagius the Wise monologue from Omnichrome? 
and Liv turning Anakin? Uh, I thought he made some good points. Um, I will say, would love to get a middle ground here. Oh, okay, Luke, you're, you want a moderate position? <laughs> uh, cause it's like, yeah, it's not great that you just like, everyone has to die when they hit like 50 or I mean, it's not an age, but you know what I mean. But I don't know if you just like let it, let it go. Like it's still an issue. Give me, <laughs> this is where you come in, Dan. Give me someone that's going to put out eyeballs. You're saying we, I'm the moderate on this position. Here's the thing. I think that, that Lord Omnicrome, which I just hate saying, uh, I think that he's a great critic. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't love his ideas. He's right? not a builder, right? He's right. a he, he can point. He can point out what's wrong with society, which is an important role. I think you need that. But I'm going to turn to someone else for the solutions. Right. The leader, the leader of a movement is never the one who's just pointing out what's wrong, mm-hmm. which is why Dazen is definitely the leader of this Lord Omnicrome mm-hmm. faction is what you're saying. He's got an idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of loved this live turn because mm-hmm. I feel like the consequences that she's seeing don't look that bad. Like she's in the middle of an army that is functional and there's a bunch of color whites in it. And sure, people are scared of them, and it sounds like they're not great. We don't know what they've done necessarily, but she just had, like, a very reasonable conversation with somebody who the current Chromaria would be like, they need to die right now because they're so dangerous to everybody. Right. Whereas she's really only seen these guys, like, dance around. (laughs) Yeah, she's just seen them at a cool party. And, like... Sure, maybe they were trying to light the floor of the frat on fire, but, like, they weren't really hurting anybody. So I kind of, I kind of dug it. Mm-hmm. Now. I, d- I did, too, because I think that in this case, like, I think enough has been laid down to say that the Chromaria is, like, not good, right? Or at least, like, it is a bureaucracy that seems too corrupt to do its function right and i but we have seen a lot of the people that we have interacted with that are in the chromaria have been not great figures right like Liv is good her friend that can dress well is good and gavin i guess we're saying is good better than bad but like everyone else sucks right Liv's teacher sucks. The favored students in Liv's class suck. Uh, I feel like the leaders mostly suck. Liv's like sponsor really sucks. Terrible, yeah, so bad. So it's like, okay, yeah, the Chromeria is not great. Maybe let's listen to this guy. Yeah, this is this is very true. Actually, the Chromeria was like a great idea, but they stopped amending their constitution a long time ago. 
and it's just like no longer working how it was like originally set up to work right yeah let's get some new ideas in here let's get some new ideas for sure um speaking of getting some new ideas i feel like one of the first one of the first amendments maybe we should make is that the prism doesn't have to have to free their mom (laughs) i feel like they could call in a who's gonna do it i feel like they could call in a sub for that one because like yeah i mean that was pretty rough when that when that happened there have been a lot of like pretty bummer moments in this book one of the other ones the issue i think is more that like can we get a different mechanism than stabbing in the heart oh you're saying we need like a like a guillotine kind of situation like something that's been specifically designed to a little bit less personal Mm -hmm. as well a little bit less like i am murdering this person but and more like this button that i'm pressing is murdering this person (laughs) give me some distance (laughs) okay i actually I I feel like I can understand why it might actually be nice to have, like, a person do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I can understand why you might kind of want that as the person that's dying, right? It might be nice to have somebody who's doing it not because they want to kill you, but because they care about you. And, like, that kind of an embrace. Okay, that's cool. I kind of feel that. But, like, you're going to be dead after they do it. And, like, they're going to have to live with the fact that they saw their mom bleed out on the floor in front of them. That's going to mess you up a little bit, I feel like. A, a, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah. I mean, you're. let's just say that you're taking the eyes out thing solves everything. Alternatively, do you think that gavin was keeping the old gavin current days in alive for just this reason that when his mom finally needed to go he could be like oh frick yeah i've been keeping this guy down here for 16 years finally get up here man you gotta do this i can't i can't do it i love my I mom there's a chance which is why it was so it was so rough that that it had to be away from the grammaria i know like and and this was one of the seven great purposes that he couldn't tell his mom about. Uh-huh. And now it's just, oh, you missed that opportunity, bud. I think that's it. I think that's true. <laughs> okay, I'm going to bring us I'm going to bring us back to Kip a little bit. Okay. What was Okay, Kip the village that Kip lived in is is Recton, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing over there in Recton? I'm hearing a story about Kip's mom locking him in a rat-infested closet for days and no one is calling, like, Child Protective Services? Come on. You guys deserve the Skull Pyramid. Oh, whoa! <laughs> okay, that might be far. No, but... I love it. I think they do. I And I think Danavis needs to be at the top, frankly. 
Oh, okay. Because Danavis is trying to act like he was this cool mentor figure to Kip. And he was like, yeah, I kept my distance from him, but I knew he was there. And I knew I might have to kill him at one point. That was kind of awkward. But also, he was kind of nice to Kip. So he was definitely kind of like a little mentor figure to him. He gave him jobs every now and then. Uh, Buddy, maybe you also mentioned the fact that you didn't do shit. When his mom locked him in the rat cupboard for four days. That takes your like good guy status and kind of rubs some like r- rat shit all over it, frankly. <laughs> this is a child. Like this child is clearly traumatized from this. <laughs> Everyone in this village is like, oh, there goes Kip. His mom is <laughs> not great. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Do something about it. The thing that's so bullshit about it, too, is there's, like, no young men that are really Kip's age. Like, there's very few young men that are Kip's age. So, like, all of the young men in this village stand out. So they all know. They all know what's going on. And you would think, like, somebody could be like, fine, Kip, come on. We really got to get you out of there. She doesn't care if you stay. So please come live with me. Nobody does that. Nobody Nobody does does that. Danovan doesn't do that. You know what's a great way to keep Kip even closer to you? Is to just have him live with you, bud. Yeah, I mean, Rakton deserved it. This This is why we need the Cromeria to fall. There's places like Rakton out there have no oversight nobody's coming in to check and make sure that things are going smooth and that like children are being cared for none of that it's all just bloated bureaucracy and they don't care about the people out there they don't and it's it's frustrating it's really hard to watch you know what else must have been frustrating we've got to talk about it (laughs) i i don't know i don't know if it's the last scene but the the end with with current Dazen escapes the prison, which does a great job. I think he took some of our notes, maybe improved on them a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Excellent work. Glad to hear he's listening. Um, d- <laughs> tough. Is <laughs> all. <I've got> to <laughs> say. Like, so tough, right? <laughs> it's got to be just so disappointing. I feel like if you're, even if you're like Gavin, you've got to be a little disappointed, right? Current Gavin. Yes, definitely. <laughs> like, I designed, I designed seven prisons for, for this guy, and he hasn't even made it to number two yet. It's fresh. No one's here to appreciate my work. <laughs> I think this also makes sense for the the reason why it was weird that the whole thing rotated and why I, I didn't mm-hmm. really understand that. And this is because the current prism designed it with that in mind that he was like, you know, at some point he's going to make it to these other cells and I'm going to need to have that one face me when I come down this little elevator. So I'll have the whole thing rotate and that way I can get a good look at him wherever he is. Meanwhile, he's over here like, I've been dying this bread blue for 16 years. 
Would love to would love to change up colors. I want to send him a zucchini or a pickle. Yeah, now he gets some veggies. He's gonna he's gonna be so much healthier. He's gonna get a salad. Maybe, he'll, maybe he gets out of green quick. You know, he's got some vitamins going in now. The other thing. No, about- you know what it is. Here we go. How did I not think of this? You can keep your strategy. You're taking in more vitamins. Your pee's a little more yellow. <laughs> Here we go. Well, yeah, but now it doesn't go. It doesn't help him at all. I I don't. I honestly don't. Still don't know how this magic works. <laughs> I have no clue. He can't do the P trick this time. Okay. He can't do the P trick. I'll take, however, I'll take your word for it. However, now he's got green and blue, right? What do you mean? Well, he blew a hole open in blue, crawled through a tunnel. Granted, the tunnel was made up of that hellstone, so it took away all of the Luxon that he had built up from the blue room and got to a green room. But the tunnel didn't like seal up behind him. Yeah, but I don't think that there's any light in there. In the blue room? Like in oh. the tunnel. And he goes down, right? Like he falls down into the oh, trapdoor. So I don't know if we're getting any blue light in there. Yeah, this is a good point, actually. Okay. Okay, I forgot he was trapped in the green room. I thought I forgot. The thing is, though. Yeah. I, I'm curious if there's more, there's more surprises, you know what I mean? Cause like, we've got the big surprise where it wasn't just one prison. Is it just like, oh, okay, the rest of them are the other colors or is there like, an, if like he gets out of green and there's like an ogre in the next one, <laughs> like I want, I want to keep going with these twists. Because now we've got the strategy. He he gets to the next the next one, and there's just one person in the room with a stern look on their face, in a small uncomfortable desk, and a paragraph that he has to copy in cursive in order to start his ACT. <laughs> exactly, love it. Uh, the other thing is now that I'm thinking about this, why was there light? Why is there light in the prison? Because it's a test. <laughs> it's a test, not a prison, yeah. basically. It's a test, not a prison. Okay, fair uh, enough. I, I also have, like, a theory that's not well-supported, but kind of supported, that current the current prison, Gavin, knows he's going to die eventually, and maybe what he's doing to the old prison, the old Gavin, is, like, keeping him kind of, like, safe in a way, to where when the current prism dies there will be another one to come up and like Mm. keep things cool uh and hopefully by that point the current prism will have like rearranged the pieces so when old gavin finally comes up out of the ground he's like just as trapped in the like structure that the current gavin is where he can't really do anything to change it at all (laughs) but he's still the prism I feel like there's an option. That'd be pretty neat. I think it's also kind of wild, though, that Dazen, sorry, the current prism is at one point concerned that the guy in the prison 
has somehow gotten out and gotten a message to someone. Because at, at one point, the prism goes down there and is like, oh, they said they said Dazen was helping them out. Ooh, I really got to make sure that this guy hasn't gotten a message out or hasn't escaped in some way. And he goes down to the blue chamber that your brother's been in for 16 years. I get you don't want to get too complacent, but like, <laughs> I feel like you know this guy is not going anywhere. <laughs> He's still got s- six more prisons to get out of. We don't even know. We don't even know if the number of prisons corresponds with just a visible light. Like, what if he eventually gets to one and it's like, oh, I can see my bones. This must be the x-ray one. <laughs> x-ray room. Gamma room, he just dies. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all building towards. He gets yeah, the UV one is next and he just like slowly gets cancer. <laughs> <laughs> the current prism is putting on a show of being the good guy. In fact, he's just the saw jigsaw guy. Mm-hmm. And he's got a prisoner and he just really loves seeing what his prisoner will do in these progressively worse rooms i'm excited to see Mm. yeah yeah i'm curious to see what awaits what awaits our prisoner next or if he just gives up right because good chance he just gives up you gotta give up here green means stop i think in this case i'm pretty sure as well yeah um Okay. Okay, let's do some reviews. Uh I'll go first. I think you went first last time, so I'll go first. Um I liked it. I really liked it. Uh it was a very it was a very fun read, I think. You know, learning learning a new little I think pretty creative magic system. Uh I think that, that was fun. I think that the I've I've griped on the plot twist a little bit, but I still enjoyed them, and I liked the little dynamic of of Gavin doing this the switcheroo. Um, I I don't have a very well like like super well thought out review other than just like I enjoyed the book. I will say we've we've touched on it a little bit, a a little heavy on the like talking about. Karis and Liv's sexiness and that kind of thing. A little heavy on that, um, but otherwise I enjoyed it. Yeah, I also liked it. Definitely enjoyable, a fun, a fun read. Uh, I had no trouble like picking it up and like getting back to to reading it at all. I was always engaged with it. Like you said, the magic system was cool. Uh, I felt like it was pretty easy to understand at least like how it worked and like to know what the limitations of it were. And that made it like fun to see how characters are creative with it. Like when Coravan did the thing with the red Luxon, that was like a creative use of red Luxon. That was cool. So I like the magic system in here. I also liked the twists a lot. I thought the plot was very, very good. It kept things moving. And and the, like, shift in perspectives was cool. Like, the fact that we 
we got to s- to see the prisoner without knowing like anything about them for a long time and then finally figure out who they were and why they mattered that was very cool like i like those shifts in perspective very cool storytelling device the things that i didn't like were very similar to yours but i think i would kind of just summarize it as like kind of cringy at times like Mm -hmm. the descriptions of women occasionally were kind of cringy and i get that like kip is a young character and i feel like i feel like you have to give some leeway to a young character to be kind of cringy because i feel like young people are kind of cringy sometimes and i feel like you got to give them some leeway there but the other part that I think was occasionally cringy was sometimes like the humor didn't really land for me. And when the humor Mm -hmm. didn't really land, it was like between two adult characters and like that to me, like the jokes just sometimes were like pretty big misses. And the fact that the author had to kind of like point out that something was a joke was kind of like, Oh, all right. Okay. I will say it wasn't like super often. I still enjoyed the book and like, a fair number of times the jokes did land well, but they didn't land every time. And when they didn't land, it made me wonder like if Kip was written as like a kid and that's why Kip was written as like kind of cringy or if Kip was just like written kind of cringy. <laughs> um, so I, I get that the end of this review is coming off as a little harsh. I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed the book. Uh, I would definitely be interested at some point in reading the next book. I'm like, I'm interested in the series. I want to know what happens next. I think we, on the show, we might come back to the next book at some point. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm intrigued enough by the story to, to uh, return to it at some point. Um, We will not be returning to it immediately. However, Uh, we will be, taking next week off actually so and then the following week we will be doing a joint episode with the colored pages book club podcast so uh for now they're great uh maybe since we're taking next week off give them a listen uh maybe pick up one of the books that they've read um but the the following week we'll be doing an episode with them on some short stories by JY Neon Yang. Uh, we will tweet out and um, put it on our subreddit and Facebook page what short stories we will be reading. So keep an eye on that. That will be coming out two weeks from this episode. Um, yeah, keep, keep an eye out. It'll, it should be good. Definitely. And you know what? If you don't want to read a whole new book before checking out these colored pages book club, guess what? They already read the fifth season by N.K. Jemison, and they have two episodes on it. And guess what, Luke? We read the fifth season and did some episodes on that. <laughs> so if you're a fan of our show and you already read the fifth season because you've been keeping up, well, now you can go listen to their episodes on the fifth season. You don't even have to read a whole new book. <laughs> there you go. It's perfect. It is. It is perfect. But yeah, so check out these colored pages book club this week. 
take a little uh, take a little breather spend some time outside i know i know i'm gonna spend some time outside luke's probably gonna get out there at some point and get ready because we're gonna have a whole a whole bushel of hot takes we're gonna be some dumb dirts. Yeah.